For those of us interested in the stock market, we have some important events happening this week. Uh, we have a couple of Federal Reserve speeches, but most importantly, we have the U.S. presidential debate between Trump and Biden. This is the last one before the election. As for earnings season, the second week of earnings season kicks off. We have IBM, Netflix, Tesla, Verizon, Amazon, Coca-Cola, and a few other big names reporting this week. So stay tuned and get involved in the market. You may be able to sneak away with something. I know I've been doing some credit spreads, not necessarily doing uh, blank options. So there are many ways for you to take advantage of this week, and I wish you the best of luck. But this episode... We're going to hear an excerpt from my interview with Sari Ibrahim, where he gave us a brilliant technique to becoming our own bank. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Market Adventures podcast. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It goes down. down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, my name is Sari Ibrahim. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I'm a financial planner and member of the Bank on Yourself organization. I help real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees uh, build their own source of financing, protect their money, and grow it all at the same time without having to worry about market risk. Um, I pretty much came into this concept. I was introduced to this concept while working as a Medicare agent where one of my clients asked me if I could do a little bit of research for him on life insurance. Uh, he told me that there was some life insurance product out there that had cash value and it could build over time. And I had no idea what he was talking about. So as his agent, I went and did some research and I read a book called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. And the book pretty much talks about the bank on yourself concept, uh, which uses the cash value of a whole life insurance policy, mainly for the cash use for the living benefits, for you to become your own source of financing for and for you to build a retirement plan to build pretty much a cash pool that you have control over. So I, I really enjoyed this concept as an agent and as an advisor, I'm sorry, as an agent and as um, a consumer, as a client of it. So I became a client of this product. I own my own product. And now I help uh, real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees. Uh, and that's what pretty much brings me here to this uh, podcast episode to talk more about this concept. Is this bank on yourself a company or a concept? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's an idea, it's a concept. And the author wrote the book and came up with the concept because she had been involved in um, uh, looking for a financial advisor that could actually give her positive returns. Um, but there was too much volatility, she noticed, in, in the different um, financial vehicles she was using. In other words, there was, a, there was a lot of flaws in financial vehicles that conventional bankers and convention, conventional financial advisors pitch to their clients. They're all the same. They all have market risk. Uh, so she wanted to make her own concept 
which is the bank on yourself concept that has no market risk and has other benefits and other things that you can't find in other financial vehicles. So that's what kind of brings it to the concept. But the concept is based off of dividend paying whole life insurance. Uh, so the so the underlying product is dividend paying whole life insurance, and that's issued by we use four different insurance companies for that. So it's an insurance product issued by insurance companies. Um, and then it, the way it's used or the way it's built is based off of the bank on yourself concept. Is this the same life insurance that we all know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same whole life insurance that's been around for over 160 years, but it has a modern spin to it, a modern twist to it. And, and I'll explain more about that. So pretty much, for example, we're talking about whole life insurance. And we're, we're kind of bending it for it to be able to do more things, for it to be able to increase the cash value and for, it, for you to be able to literally bank on yourself. Instead of going to a bank to store your money or to borrow money, you can go to your whole life insurance policy to store your money and to borrow your money. And, and with that comes um, more benefits. I'll get into later, but more to talk about how the whole life policy is structured differently. We only work with mutual insurance companies, not stock-owned insurance companies. Mutual insurance companies give their dividends and their profits back to the shareholder to the to the uh, policy owners whereas stock owned insurance companies give their dividends and profits to the um, shareholders so that's so when it, when it's with a mutual insurance company and you have cash value that's one reason why the cash value builds over time is because you're getting like a cut out of the profits and dividends every year from the insurance company being a mutual owner that and then also the way the policy is structured is is different from traditional whole life insurance so a lot of people when they hear whole life insurance, it's kind of like a negative term because uh, of what they're what they're used to. Like from Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, they talk about whole life insurance being a terrible investment because of low cash returns and it being very expensive and having your, t- your money tied up in the whole life policy. You can make more money in the stock market and buying term insurance. But um, that's not always true because they're talking about traditional whole life insurance or, under, or in other words, 100% whole life insurance. So right now, Alex, if I get a whole life insurance policy and I get um, and I and I want to put in ten thousand dollars per year, traditional whole life insurance would take ten thousand dollars of that and put it all towards the death benefit, the base life insurance. And if you do that, you're going to have a, a very tiny amount of cash value, whereas the bank on yourself concept, um, it revolutionizes whole life insurance and it, and it changes it. So instead of putting in ten thousand dollars all towards death benefit or life insurance part, you put in like half of it towards the life insurance and the other half towards the cash value rider of the policy. And then when you start off the policy with a lot more cash value than traditional whole life policies, you end up turbocharging the cash value and it grows. And as mentioned, you earn dividends on that cash value. So over time, your whole life policy will pay for itself, will, will pay for itself in, in you know three or four times the amount of what you put into it over time of course it's not going to happen and within a couple of years but it is a long-term game and you need to be in it for the long term but if you are in it for the long term it, the, the premiums you put in will multiply uh, tremendously over your lifetime I then asked Sari to explain the difference between whole life insurance and term life insurance yeah absolutely so term and so term insurance is exactly what it sounds like it's for a term it's either for 10 years 20 years or 30 years and it's 100 percent life insurance only there is no cash value or equity in the policy that you can build it's like renting a home if you rent a home for 10 years you pay rent for 10 years and then you walk away you don't have equity anymore in the home you know there's no cash value you can bring back with you same thing with term life insurance it's not a bad thing that's just the way it's explained 
it's either 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. You pay only for the life insurance. If something happens to you within that term period, your beneficiary would get the amount. For example, let's say you get a policy, you pay $100 per month, and you paying $100 per month equals $1 million in life insurance. And let's say you agree to do this for 20 years. So for 20 years, you're going to pay $100 a month. And let's say nothing happens to you for 20 years, then the insurance company would, you would walk away with nothing. You wouldn't have cash value or equity in the policy and you're fine. Now you could renew the policy 20 years later, but it's going to be much more expensive. It's probably going to be maybe five or six times the cost of what it originally was. So it'll be five or $600 per month for you to continue, maybe even more than that, depending on health and if you can get approved for underwriting 20 years later, but for the same coverage. Um, Now, whole life insurance is... Uh, it's for your whole life. It's permanent insurance. And the only way it could end is if you pass away or if you stop making the payments and the policy lapse. So for example, let's say you get a policy and in order for you to get to a million dollars in death benefit, you would have to pay more than term because there's more benefits to whole life. It's it's for your whole life. It's permanent insurance and there's cash value. So let's say on average, whole life is about five times the cost of term. But of course, there's there's more benefits to it. Um, such as the, it's permanent, it has cash value, it, it can never expire, you can never get denied whole life insurance after you have it because you get sick. Once you're in the policy, you're, you're covered for the rest of your life. So let's say for a million dollars in coverage, you're spending $500 a month, every dollar you're putting into it, a portion goes towards the cash value and a portion goes towards the death benefit. But of course, mentioning the bank on yourself concept, we tend to focus more on the cash value to build up the cash value. So that way you can use it for cash purposes. So we've just heard from Sari about the bank on yourself concept. And he also explained to us the difference between term and whole life insurance. When we come back in just a moment, he's going to tell us more about how he uses this concept to actually make money and be more aggressive with investments. Stay with us. I'm your host, Alex Cunningham, and you're listening to Market Adventures. If you've been interested in the stock market for some time but don't know where to begin or you've been trading and investing for some time and haven't gotten the results you want but need a refresher course, I made a stock market course. That's right. I made a stock market course on gumroad.com. You can click the link in the description or go to gumroad.com and search the stock market solution. The stock market is not for everybody, but it might be the answer for you. Again, click the link in the description to get my course today. How does this compare to a traditional retirement or IRA account? If if you want to really utilize like savings for the future, an IRA probably won't help that much because of the contribution limits that you have. The third reason, uh, risk. If you're invested in IRA, there is market risk because the back end of the IRA, of course, as mentioned, is in the stock market, right? And again, I'm not saying the stock market is bad. I'm not saying stay away from the stock market. I'm saying realize the risk. It has, there's a volatility in there. And if you're looking to store your money somewhere that doesn't have risk, um, a bank on yourself policy will do that because with insurance companies, um, with, with insurance companies, the back end of the investment, 60 to 80% are in the bond market. And the other 20 to 40% are in real estate and private loans. So insurance companies have a proven track record over 160 years 
of actually earning profits, even in down markets, even in a, the Great Depression, even in the recession of 2008, they're still able to make money in 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 their investments because uh, they're not invested in the stock market. They're not. It's not. They actually they're not allowed to invest in the stock market. So because of these regulations and guidelines and the way insurance companies do business, that's why they are safe money and that's why they're able to offer safe returns um, in the bank on yourself policies or the whole life insurance policies. And then liquidity too is also very important. If you are allocating, you know, $5,500 per year to an IRA every single year, and let's say 10 years goes by, uh, considering the gains you have in the policy, um, you reach a point where you have like $70,000 in the policy. Now you want to get into real estate investing. Um, you would have to kind of choose either or uh, to get it to liquidate the IRA. And, and of course, doing so, there's penalties. Um, but even with the self-directed IRA, there's still limitations on what you could do with that money. You could still invest in real estate, but you would have to hire like a third-party custodian to manage the funds for you. You can't directly touch that money in the self-directed IRA. So liquidity with both IRAs, self-directed IRAs and Roth IRAs, is constrained. There's a lot of limits on what you could do with that money and how you can access it. A lot of government inter- interference because they are qualified accounts or qualified plans. So there's a lot of go- government intervention. Whereas with bank on yourself policies, you could do whatever you want with the money. Once you fund a whole life insurance policy and you start building up the cash value, you could borrow up to 90% of the money without any questions asked. You don't have to hire a third party LLC to manage the funds for you. You can directly touch those funds and directly buy the under, underlying assets. You can buy a home. You can put it as a down payment on a home. You could uh, you could use it for a vacation. You can use it for whatever you want. There's no government intervention on what you could do with that money. So uh, this liquidity is also very important with this. And, and then also in terms of integration too, um, you, with the whole life insurance side, you don't have to choose either or either I put my money in whole life or I put it in real estate. You could do both. You could fund the, you could fund the whole life policy and then borrow from it to put into real estate. With, uh, of course, you know, IRAs, you can't do that. You would have to choose either put it into an IRA or I put the money somewhere else. So integration is a huge component of this. And the fifth reason. And the last reason, Alex, the sixth reason is taxes. Um, taxes are really important. With IRAs, they are qualified accounts or pre-tax vehicles, meaning that if I'm making $100,000 per year and I put in $5,500 per year into an IRA, I'm only paying taxes on $94,500, right? Um, so I, I deduct $5,500 from my taxes. Um, defer, actually. It's not deducting. You're just deferring from the taxes. And I only pay taxes on $94,500. And the other five, $5,500 goes into the IRA. It builds up over time. And then in the future, in the later years, when I go to access that money, I'm taxes or near income on that. The problem with that is who knows what taxes will be in the future. Right now, the highest tax bracket, I forgot what it is. It's like 35%, the highest tax bracket, right now, 37% on the federal income tax bracket. Um, that's relatively low compared to history. Um, if you read the book, The Power of Zero, it talks about how taxes will go up in the future based on the uh, interest on national debt, the Social Security budget and the Medicare budget, which all three are increasing every year. So the government will have to go towards the qualified accounts, the 401ks, the 401as, 403bs, all, all that money in qualified accounts and IRAs and similar accounts, that's all the low-hanging fruit for the government. So once all these budgets get out, get too high, the government's going to need to increase tax rates to be able to recoup uh, those budgets. So the IRAs and 401ks, those are, those, that's the low-hanging fruit. So the, the downside to that, that's where IRA money is at. In, in the later years when taxes go up, you're going to be paying more towards in taxes because of that. 
Whereas on the bank on yourself side, it's the opposite. It's an after-tax vehicle, meaning that if you're making money today, you pay taxes on that money today in your tax bracket. Then you deposit the money into the whole life insurance. Now you convert over to the 0% tax bracket. And then once it's in the 0% tax bracket, it grows tax deferred, meaning that you don't have to pay taxes on the gains in the whole life policy. And then when you access that money, you don't have to pay taxes on it either because you've already paid taxes. And then the death benefit, eventually later on in your later years, once you pass away, your family would get a 100% tax-free, income tax-free death benefit under current tax law. So those are pretty much just to recoup everything, the fees, contribution limits, market risk, liquidity, integration, and taxes are the six reasons why a whole life insurance policy would be um, better than using an IRA or other qualified accounts. What's the ROI on a whole life policy with the bank on yourself concept? Yeah, um, good question. So the ROI component um, or the return on your investment component of a whole life insurance policy, um, it, it, it works a little bit different than other places. On average, we're seeing about 5 to 6% every year. Now, there's two ways the cash value of a whole life insurance policy grows. It grows, um, the cash value grows either from dividends uh, which are not guaranteed, but they, we only work with companies who have been paying dividends for over 160 years and have a proven track record of that. And the second way they make money is guaranteed, and that is interest. So both the dividends and interest every year compounded together, built over time, average around 5 to 6% every year, regardless of market conditions. These are based off the insurance company's performance and not market performance. So a very key distinction. And so we're looking at about 5 to 6% every year compound. Uh, then, as mentioned earlier, with the one thing that I want to note for the listeners is that the, the bank on yourself concept is not necessarily meant to be like an either or uh, concept or product. It's not either I, you know, find somewhere where I can put my money, you know, I could either choose five to six percent on the bank on yourself policy, or I could do, you know, 10 percent somewhere else. Um, my advice to you, if you are looking at that 10 percent somewhere else, look at other things, too, because the ROI leg is just one leg. There's still, you know, the others, the, the fees, the limits, the risk, the liquidity. Um, the integration aspect and the, and the tax liability you have with that. Uh, so just something for the listeners to know, but to answer your question, it's about 5 to 6% every year. So how can somebody use the cash balance to be more aggressive and make money through investments? Yeah, it's all about making the money afterwards. We don't want, you know, we want to protect the money, but also we want to grow it at the same time. Uh, so what you could do is, um, for example, I actually worked on a client where he had a, real estate property, he sold it for $400,000 in cash. Uh, he then took all that $400,000 in cash, um, rolled it into a single premium whole life insurance policy. It's a one-time single premium whole life policy that doesn't require any further payments. Um, and as soon as he did that, he had cash value of like 375000 in year one. And then he also had a death benefit of $580,000, meaning that in year one, he could borrow up to 90% of $375,000. And also if something were to happen to him, um, his beneficiary would get $580,000. But here is the twist, is that both the cash value and the death benefit increase over time. They compound and increase over time. Again, regardless of market conditions, they go up. So what this guy could do is, and he's actually in the process of doing this, he's looking for another property for him to become his own source of financing. So instead of him going to a private money lender or going to a bank or going to another financial institution, he can go to himself, borrow up to 90% of this money, and then use that money to invest in real estate, you know, to kind of get a little bit more aggressive than, than the returns he would be getting in the whole life. But here's the cool part. 
is that the money that he borrows keeps growing as if he never touched it. So in this same example, let's say he borrows two hundred. Um, let's say he borrows two hundred seventy thousand dollars from this policy. He still has an available cash value of three hundred seventy-five thousand. Now, why is that? Because when he goes to use that money, he's not deducting from his cash value. He's borrowing against it. He's taking out from the insurance company's pool. Meanwhile, his cash value is still there. It's like if you own a home that's worth $400,000 and then you borrow $100,000 from a bank, you're, you're, the market value in your home is still $400,000. You just have an existing, an outstanding loan now against it of $100,000. Same thing in this situation. Your cash value stays the same, but you're borrowing from the insurance company against it. Now there is interest involved when you borrow that loan from the insurance company because as mentioned earlier, that's one of their sources of income. They loan out money. They charge interest on that money. But then here's the question is, listeners might be wondering, why would I do that? Why would I store my money somewhere and then borrow from it and then pay the insurance company back interest? And the reason why is because when you do that, you're still earning compound interest on your own money. So eventually it's something called an arbitrage, an arbitrage split or a difference, meaning that the, meaning that your policy outpaces, it grows and outpaces what you're paying into it. So in this situation, this real estate investor is going to make money in the policy because he's going to earn compound interest and he's going to make money on the real estate property. It's going to do two things for him at the same time. He's going to earn interest in the in the policy and in the real estate investment. If he just said, you know what, I'm going to skip the whole life insurance route and I'm just going to use my cash for the real estate property, then he would no longer earn interest on that cash. He would trade the cash for the property, have a real estate investment, which is good, but there's still one component missing. It could be better. Uh, the cash he had could have kept earning interest had he used the bank on yourself concept or, or the whole life insurance concept uh, when you when financing that property. So this this real estate investor has a safe backbone where that's going to earn him compound interest on his money, and he has a, a, an aggressive leg out in the, in, the, in the real estate market that's going to earn him higher returns, obviously higher than five or six percent in real estate. So that's kind of an example of how you can make money using your whole life insurance policy, and this is exactly what banks do. Banks have you know, billions of dollars in whole life insurance. They earn compound interest from the insurance companies they're invested with. And then they borrow from those funds and they loan that out via credit cards, mortgages, and they earn interest from the general public, from their customers in the form of credit cards or lines of credit. And they're also earning interest from the insurance company. So their money is doing two things for them at the same time. And if there's one thing that I want the listeners to walk away with is just think like a bank, you know, Instead of listening to banks, you know, store your money here, borrow from us, you know, think like a bank, do what they're doing, beat them at their own game. That's really interesting. So I heard once a quote that says, you don't listen to what Warren Buffett says, you do what Warren Buffett does. And essentially what you just said to us, which I love this concept is, don't listen to what the banks tell us, do what the banks do. And what you just described with one of your clients, he essentially became his own bank. That is an incredible, incredible concept that you brought to us today. Um, and I want to thank you for coming. You know, where can people find you if they have more questions? Because I'm sure a lot of people, including myself, have more questions and are interested where they can get even more information should they decide they want to try to become their own bank in the future. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yes. So all my consultations are free and you can go to Finn assetprotection.com that's f-i-n assetprotection.com and then you could book a virtual appointment we could do it over zoom or over a phone call all my appointments about 99 percent of my clients are virtual so you don't have would have to meet anywhere um and again it's all free consultations and if you click on if you go to the website there's a link where you can schedule an appointment and i look forward to hearing from you guys mm-hmm.
Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you learned something from this interview with Sari Ibrahim, because I know I did. And I have a new technique that I might be using in the future to become my own bank. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also write us on Instagram or message the Facebook page at Market Adventures Podcast. And again, I've been your host, Alex Cunningham, and you've been tuning into the Market Adventures Podcast. Until next time.